episode zero. Let's kick off this podcast by telling you the crafty Gemini story. Vanessa the Crafty Gemini and the host of the Crafty Gemini YouTube channel. Join me as I share bits of my life as a mom and crafty entrepreneur while living on a busy homestead and making all the things. All right, so the Crafty Gemini. I guess I'll start off by telling you how I even came up with that name. It was kind of random. Uh, But back in 2007, when I was in law school uh, and I had picked up on sewing, and we'll get into that backstory in a minute, but uh, I was making things and my older sister was into web design and I told her that I wanted to create my own website so that I could start selling some of my crafts and projects online. So she told me to come up with a list of 10 uh, domain names or business names that I wanted her to check and see if the domain was available. And so I think I gave her maybe four or five right off the bat. She did a quick search and saw that they were already taken. And so I told her, well, give me a couple days. You know, I got to think about it. And I remember being in the shower that night and the name just came to me, Crafty, right? A real general all-purpose word for someone who likes to do all the things like me. And then a Gemini because my birthday is June 1st and I'm definitely a Gemini. So I called her, she looked it up, it was available and that became my name, Crafty Gemini. Now, back in those days, how I got into sewing was, um, I've always been very hands-on. Uh, My parents were engineers, drafters, right? We have very math-leaning brains. And uh, I had been asking my mom since I was about eight years old or so to teach me how to sew. She always refused because she was scared that I would sew my finger uh, through the sewing machine. And so I'll tell you how that thought or paranoia came to be. And that's because my mom came to this country in the 1960s as a teenager from the Dominican Republic. And she moved to New York City, where she worked in the garment district and, you know, was working on industrial sewing machines, making garments uh, and getting paid by the piece. So obviously, if you're getting paid by each piece that you can make, you are making more money the faster you are because the faster you can crank out garments. And so because she was very fast, she would often sew her fingers through the sewing machine. And so she got used to working on industrial machines in those days. And I remember growing up in our utility room of the house, she also kept an industrial sewing machine because she did sew our clothes uh, when we were kids. And so that machine, if you know anything about industrial sewing machines, they stitch super fast and they can practically stitch through anything, okay? And so she was um, traumatized, really, that that would happen to us. So every couple of years, I would ask her again, hoping that now I was a little bit older and she'd trust me. Uh, But it was no, 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 my entire life. Uh, So finally, in my second year of law school, I was looking for a creative outlet. And uh, one day I was kind of looking for a coffee shop to study for finals. And I pulled into a plaza and I saw a shop that said, like, sewing classes. And I remember that light bulb moment because I thought, why have I never thought that you could learn sewing in an actual shop, like as a business? In my head, because I grew up with a mom that sewed, I just automatically assumed it was something that was passed down through family, friends, right? Someone that you knew would teach you how to sew. And so it was a Sunday, so the shop was closed. So the next morning I walk in there and I'm looking around, picking up a class schedule, just like losing it because this is exactly what I needed at the perfect time, right? In law school, 
hating every minute of it and looking for a creative outlet. And what better way uh, than to learn how to sew, which I had been wanting to do since I was a little kid. So I called my mom. I didn't have a sewing machine, obviously, at the time. And I told her, listen, I want to learn how to sew. Uh, so she says, well, let me go to a yard sale and see what I can find. And sure enough, she loves her yard sales and she's really good at shopping at them too. She spent $10 and picked up a 1966 Singer sewing machine. It was like one of the first zigzag models. The next weekend she brought it up and she taught me how to thread it and how to sew. So, you know, once we got everything going, I was kind of getting a handle on it. And then I asked her, okay, so now what do I do? Right? Because I wanted to jump right into a project. So she says, well, you need to stitch a thousand straight lines because there's nothing more important than sewing straight. <laughs> you can probably tell by now I move quick. I think quick. I talk fast. I want to do all the things quickly. So a thousand straight lines of stitching was definitely not something I was going to do. Instead, I went directly to my closet, pulled out a pair of jeans that no longer fit, and I just started cutting and sewing into them. So I really learned, you know, self-taught. Initially, I would sew the two pieces together, like I was making a purse out of these jeans. And so I would sew a chunk and then I would look at it and think to myself, well, I don't think this raw edge of the fabric is supposed to be on the outside. Let me flip this the other way and stitch it with the right sides together and then flip the whole thing right side out so that that seam allowance, right, the raw edges would be concealed inside of the purse that I was making from this pair of jeans. And so I laughed thinking back to that, but I remember looking at it thinking, oh, no, no, this must not be how it goes. Let me cut the fabric off, you know, cut the seam that I just sewed and let me try it again. And so I just started going little by little like that, just using stuff from the closet, cutting it up, sewing and experimenting. And then, of course, we have the Internet. So it was grabbing books from the library and checking out videos and reading blog posts and doing all that stuff that I could online. And so that is how I began my sewing journey as a second year law school student. I remember going to uh, study groups with my friends in law school and I would run in there with like a pillowcase that I had just made. And they would be looking at me like I was crazy. And I'm like screaming, you know, look what I made. Look what I made. So, so excited uh, during finals week and not a care in the world about the law school finals. I was more worried about <laughs> new skills and making fun, new functional projects that I could actually use. Uh, so that was my second year in law school. And then my third year in law school, I even went as far as to either sit all the way in the back of my classes or skip them all together so that I can make it on time to some of my quilting classes that I had signed up for at a local shop. And uh, what happened was I started off with like a pillowcase class. And then we made like, I think a Christmas stocking, you know, some simple beginner friendly projects. And then I had a lady at the shop tell me, she pulled me aside one day and said, you know, you're a perfectionist. And I thought, really? <laughs> no way, you know, but it never really had occurred to me because now it was in, I was applying it into something hands-on so other people could see, right? And so she says, you should really take up quilting. And I remember at 22 years old thinking, what is quilting? I had never heard that word before in my life. And I find that a lot of people nowadays, and when I tell this story, they don't believe it because they're like, how can you be 22 in America and not have heard the word quilting? But remember, I come from Miami, Florida, where uh, I grew up with no air conditioning, 95, 100 degrees and 100% humidity. So we have zero use for a quilt as well as uh, as a first generation American. My entire family comes from the Dominican Republic. It's a country in the Caribbean. 
we have, again, no need for quilts. <laughs> so um, I'd never heard a quilt. I've never seen a quilt. I never used a quilt. I didn't know what it was. And so she walks me around the shop and points out some of the quilts they had on display and tells me it's basically cutting up fabric into very precise little pieces. Then you sew them back together very precisely. And then you end up with blocks that are supposed to be this specific size. And when you put that all together, you know, with the three layers and stuff, you end up with a quilt. And so I thought, wow, this is going to be great because just keeping numbers in my head, measurements, and having to cut and sew precisely really fed that perfectionist in me. And it was a creative outlet at the same time. It was like an amazing mix of things. And so I started quilting. I started making bags and like uh, tote bags, you know, to carry my laptop in for school and things like that. Well, after I graduated, my husband, you know, I met my husband, we got married and we were expecting our first child. So of course, with my sewing machine in tow, I started making all the things for the baby's nursery, including cloth diapers, a diaper bag. And at this point, you know, Facebook was really we would post all kinds of stuff on Facebook. So everything that I would make, I would show it off on Facebook and post a picture. And being that I was in my mid-20s at the time, a lot of my friends who were also in their mid-20s were starting families as well. So people would message me and ask me, hey, can you make me, you know, 10 cloth diapers? Or my cousin is having a baby, she needs a diaper bag. And so at first it was like, okay, I'm not working. Let me do this as a little side hustle to make some money and help my husband out at home. And then it very quickly became horrible and super boring because I was making the exact same project a bunch of times. And if you're a creative like me and you're always looking for that next challenge, you know that making the same exact thing 20 times is zero fun. Okay. So, uh, I expressed my, uh, annoyance with the whole situation to my husband. And he says, well, why don't you, instead of making the stuff to sell the actual physical product, why don't you just teach people how to do it? So I started teaching sewing and quilting classes through my local community college in their community education uh, program. And so I taught some beginner classes there. Then it was like this whole hype of pillowcase dresses. This is like 2009. So everybody and their mama want to make pillowcase dresses. Well, at the time I was pregnant with my son, so I was not having a daughter and I had zero interest in pillowcase dresses. But very quickly, it was like every weekend I was teaching the pillowcase dress class. And so again, I tell my husband, I'm over it. I'm done. Even though I'm not making them, I'm done teaching the same pillowcase dress over and over. So he says, well, instead of teaching the same thing over and over in person, why don't we film you teaching the project? And then we can upload it to this website called YouTube that's free for hosting your videos. And that way, when people ask you about that project or that class, you can just send them the link and tell them to leave you alone. And so I thought, what a genius. I only ever had to make a project one time. As long as it was filmed, I would never have to do it again. And that to me really, really was like, I have to do this. It sounds amazing, super fun, and a new challenge. And so that's how we started uploading our videos to YouTube. So I would film something. And at this point, my son was born, so he was a newborn. And we would just take our point and shoot camera and videotape short clips, dump the footage onto my computer, reformat the memory card, put it back into the little camera, film another little 30 second clip and little bits and pieces like that. Whenever the baby was napping, I would film a little uh, a tutorial or a segment of it. And then I would edit them up and just throw them up on YouTube. 
And so that is how we started. So from there, after about two years of that, I entered a, pro, uh, a contest for a program that YouTube and uh, Google were putting together, basically looking for 25 up and coming uh, YouTube video creators who had the potential to be the next kind of big thing on YouTube. They were gonna give you money, invest in your brand and help you grow your channel. And so after submitting uh, my audition video and all that, I was selected as one of the 25 uh, I would say students of that class. It was called YouTube Next Up and we were in the first class and we got $35,000 to, like I said, invest in our brand. I got new video equipment, uh, grew our business and all that stuff so that we could make better videos to post on our YouTube channel. And so after that, I was featured um, in various media outlets like ABC's 2020, ABC World News, the New York Times. And so at that point was when we were like, okay, you know, I think we could really do something with this whole YouTube thing, right, as an actual career. And so by then I had my daughter, my second kid, so my son first, then my daughter. And then I was also working part-time as a professor teaching law classes in a local paralegal program at the college. So I did that for several years. And then as my business started to grow little by little, we decided to quit that job. I was home with two kids. And then about five and a half years ago, we were able to retire my husband from his nine to five job. So for the past five and a half years, it's been both of us with both of our kids homeschooling on a homestead, sewing, quilting, crocheting, knitting, cooking, baking, doing all the things, making video tutorials for my YouTube channel, posting blog posts, and uh, also branching out into selling uh, physical products as well as paid online courses. You can find out everything that we do on, on our website. Uh, that's just craftygemini.com. And if you wanna find me on other social media platforms, I'm also on Facebook and on Instagram under the same handle, Crafty Gemini. So that's kind of the short-ish version of the Crafty Gemini story. If you hadn't heard that before, now you know how we came to be and a little bit about my background. Uh, today, we still live here on the same five acre organic homestead that we bought nine years ago after I won that YouTube Next Up competition. And uh, we just finished building a brand new custom home. Uh, I would say it's our dream home. It's not huge, but it's exactly what I wanted. And I have a nice big sewing and crafting studio where I film my videos now inside my new house. And so with this podcast, I'm hoping now that I'm more set up and we have things in place, I will be able to share bits of my life with you uh, all the different things that are going on, what I'm up to, uh, a way for me to kind of keep it real with some of the behind the scenes things that go on as a mom and an entrepreneur and living on a busy homestead and, and taking you along for all my different crafty adventures. And of course, inspire you all along the way, sharing my tips and tricks and um, shedding some light on what actually goes on behind the scenes and how we are able to make this lifestyle work. So thanks for tuning in. I hope that you will return for another episode of the Crafty Gemini podcast. And then don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, Instagram page, and Facebook. I'm pretty active on all of those, and I hope to see you all again soon. Take care.